Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper in BIV.com. Now, look, I think Canada's complex cannabis laws, they have the potential to create some headaches for retailers, especially considering how early we are in this industry. But Vancouver-based developer, software developer, I should say, Greenline POS, it's using technology to help businesses navigate these early stages. And I want to welcome Albert Kim. He's the CEO and co-founder of the company. It's going to delve into maybe kind of the, the things that we need to think about when it comes to compliance with an industry. Albert, thanks for joining us on the show. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. So when did you guys recognize that maybe that compliance is going to be an issue for a lot of these retailers and then maybe you guys could kind of work your way into the situation here? For sure. Um, so we we started back in, back in 2017. That's uh, when the gray market was pretty big in Vancouver. And I was trying to get a sense of, of what, what types of entrepreneurs uh, we wanted to help. Uh, I wanted to help the retailers. I thought that they were the, the true trailblazers of the industry. And as 2018, October 17th of 2018 came along, uh, we, had, uh, we were able to decide what type of company we wanted to be and what ways we wanted to help them out. And the, the, the first and biggest problem the stores told us about was compliance. It was the fact that the government wanted to trace all the products uh, that were going in. They wanted to make sure that nothing was moving to to the wrong sources. Uh, they just wanted a really tight lockdown, and stores were not used to that. Even people with a lot of retail experience were not used to that level of tracking, that level of compliance. Um, so that's where that's where Greenline POS comes in. Uh, we make we save store owners a lot of time, and we keep their stores compliant. Well, it's interesting because that gray market there, as you say. It's okay. They'll have the experience doing the actual retail stuff, but if we have this new regime coming in, and a lot of them try to uh, navigate over towards the above board regime that we have going on in Canada now, mm-hmm. where do they even start when it comes to the compliance? They, they really don't have any experience with that, do they? Yeah. So I'd say actually a lot of provinces have not been friendly to um, gray market stores transitioning into into the the legal market. Um, in a province such as Alberta, most um, most of these businesses are brand new businesses. They came from the legal industry, the real estate industry, and all of that. BC is actually the only province that has made an attempt to really help transition people over. And we're starting to see some of that really slowly um, in Vancouver. So it's almost easier for people that have zero experience in the gray market because they're coming in at fresh and new, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's what we've seen. Uh, it's not something that we expected. We did. Uh, I thought that the government might acknowledge uh, a lot of that market uh, trying to transition over. But uh, most of our clientele are brand new businesses. Okay. So tell me a little bit, how is maybe the uh, the tech solutions that you guys have been developing, how do they work exactly? Sure thing. Uh, so every retail business needs a point of sale system. But uh, when it comes to cannabis retail, it's completely different from something like a clothing retail. Just the, the amount, the level of inventory tracking and the the granularity you have to get to is is at the is at the next level, um, and so a lot of stores have tried to use generic point of sale systems. Right, we have some Canada favorites here, Lightspeed POS, Shopify POS, um, but because they don't cover that level of compliance uh, tracking, and as a result, uh, they can't generate the compliance reports at the end of the month. You have to submit them every month to the to your provincial government. So, is it kind of a uh, a square peg being mashed into a round hole for a lot of these <laughs> that's, companies? Uh, that's why stores come to us. Yeah, that's why stores come to us. Uh, we actually don't have a, a huge sales or marketing team. Uh, a lot of our hundred plus customers have found us through Google or through word of mouth. Interesting. So, with regards to your customers, are well, okay. 
I keep asking this question. Does it seem as if Alberta is maybe the province that's the closest to getting it right this early on? Alberta has definitely gotten it significantly more right than any of the other provinces. It's just Alberta first, Ontario dead last. And yeah. I think uh, anyone in the industry will will tell you that. Um, for us, it was interesting because we, like every every province made commitments and Alberta is the only one that held up to it. And we saw that growth over time. I remember early on, we were wondering, why are there so many stores in Alberta? Why are so many people from, like, why do I have so many 403 area codes sure. showing up on my phone? I've never had this many before. Uh, everyone thought that BC would be, uh, would be king. But aren't, isn't BC, I think, generating around the same number of sales as, I think, like Prince Edward Island or something? Like, it, <laughs> like we haven't been able to do it. I think, that, does that speak to maybe, I guess, the, the endurance of the black market or, or some degree of the gray market? Here? I mean, I can only speculate here, but having grown up in Vancouver and having seen the, the supply chain develop, uh, it's definitely incredibly sophisticated here. And uh, in if we were to compare to Alberta, where they, the 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 gray market cannabis like networks were not as sophisticated it was probably easier for um for the legal regime to to show up okay so take me through it though like how did you guys actually like what was step one like you kind of uh figured out what you wanted to do what you wanted to seize on within the market but how do mm. you go about figuring out what is actually going to be necessary how you guys are going to be helping to facilitate this compliance because you guys I guess you guys, you got to hit the books and figure out what exactly the government wants and needs too. Yeah. So early on, when we were um, when we were working out the compliance features in Greenline, uh, yeah, there was a lot of reading, going through all the Health Canada manuals, going through all the province uh, retailer guidebooks on what the store has to do and what the store can and cannot do, and that and those are the rules that we translated into our system, so a store can easily easily follow them without having to worry. Uh, you have federal carry limits in Canada. You can't be carrying over 30 grams of cannabis, which also means that you can't be selling more mm. than 30 grams um, thirty grams worth. And especially for things like oils, uh, oils and tinctures, you, will, you don't want your employees to have to do the math. Sure. You, you really don't want to do that. So um, by, I'm not a math whiz either. I would not want to <laughs> be in charge of doing that myself. So you, don't want, so you want to make sure that your employees can't uh, oversell. So okay. um, f- features like that are, are scattered throughout, throughout the application, and it just gives the store owner peace of mind knowing that they have control over their store and control over their license. Now, is it pretty, I guess, uh, similar jurisdiction to jurisdiction, or do you have to make some adjustments depending on if the customer is based in Alberta versus, say— It a- is different per province. Okay. It is different for, per province, and I think— uh, that level of work is something other uh, competing POS systems didn't want to put in, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like, especially when the markets were small and there were just weren't that many stores in, let's say, Saskatchewan. As a technology company, do you want to invest that kind of time into making that experience great? And for us, the answer was yes. We weren't looking at market size, market cap, and working backwards. Uh, we were just collecting one customer at a time and then just making sure that they're happy so that we can move on to the next one and the next and the next. So were you guys able to start deploying the, the software before the actual launch, getting people prepped and ready for it? Or was it like retailers coming to you guys after the launch saying, oh, man, this is giving me headaches. Uh, I, I'm looking for a solution. We now. positioned ourselves uh, pretty smartly uh, before October 17th. Uh, we had a before Greenline, I, I did. I, we made some experimental POS software um, for some gray market stores in Vancouver. I okay. wanted to see if I can help solve some of their inventory challenges. And clearly those problems are completely different 
from what these stores uh, from what the stores experience now. But we had a we had a base of uh, customers who we can collect feedback from. And of course, all of them were looking to transition into the legal market, uh, especially in BC. Okay, so I, when you look across Canada, I, I think everybody recognizes that we're still very early stages at this point. So, from your perspective, does that just mean you know uh, just growth, growth, growth going forward? Uh, I think. <laughs> uh, Again, I don't work from the market cap backwards, but what I've seen in the industry are uh, huge over projections of everything really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have, I don't think the industry will be growing like at that rate that the that a lot of consultants say. However, I am very optimistic about it uh, from what our stores tell us and from what we've seen in general retail trends. There's still a ton of pent up demand, consumers ready to spend money, with the biggest problem being accessibility of stores. Uh, so I do think the store stores will increase over time. Ontario cannot support 25 um, stores forever, right? Not even 50s, sure. far from it, too. Yeah. And some people are projecting, you know, 1,000-plus stores. Uh, it's probably going to get there, but I do think it'll take, take, a, take a long time. In the meantime, I think it's really important for service providers to just get it right the first time. So what's been the response been from, say, you know, private sector, like you would see a lot of in Alberta, or versus some of the, uh, you know, BC has more of that kind of government influence, although we do have a bit of a mix here. Yeah. Uh, so for us, we only service the private sector. Uh, so we do business in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Ontario. Uh, the Yukon's coming up, but it's not going to be that many stores. Um, so I can't talk too much about the, the government, about the government run stores, actually. Do you think there's potential for maybe, uh, the government to say, Hey, look, uh, we've tried to develop our own stuff in house. Why don't we look at other options that are out there? Uh, I, I don't think I quite, I quite got this. I quite got this question here. Well, the uh, government-run stores, yeah. they would obviously need help with uh, uh, point-of-sale systems as well. Would mm-hmm. they ever consider uh, using, say, your product? Uh, those are conversations we, we haven't engaged in. Uh, I just feel that the, the private market is much more vocal okay. in saying what they need, uh, and it just makes it easy for us to deliver on those. So, And I think the market is it's going to be significantly bigger. Just uh, it, it already is the case, but it's the private market that's going to be the future. What do you think about maybe looking beyond Canada's borders, though? Because we do see jurisdiction in the United uh, States. States. Uh, we also have, uh, like, European countries are now at least thinking about it at this point. Yeah. Uh, so all those international opportunities are pretty exciting to me. But uh, when it comes to Green Line and what I want to focus on, it is completely Canadian retailers. So we don't do any business outside of Canada. Uh, we We think that if we can treat Canadian stores the way they should be treated and serviced, uh, it'll just provide the opportunities later down the line. But it's not something that uh, we're looking into uh, right now. And then what has the response been from the customers, from the retailers that are using it? So, like, are you open to some of the feedback that they're uh, giving back to you? A hundred percent. Greenline was uh, mostly a bootstrapped business. So uh, my co-founder and I actually started it on less than $500 per person. Uh, it's only very recently that we raised a seed round okay. to, to take things a, a little further. So the, the business was built around customers telling us what they want and us implementing it uh, in, a, in a timely manner and making sure that we consistently deliver, deliver that value. Uh, stores pay us on a monthly basis to keep using the system. Yeah. Have you, uh, what's maybe some of the challenges that you guys have discovered as, uh, again, this is a very early industry. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, uh, 
requests uh, when when a store owner is thinking of opening a store in a couple months, they're they have really big dreams. They uh, especially if they haven't like observed cannabis retail so far, they'll have they'll have wacky ideas on how their store could run and the and the various types of technologies they want, how they want their TVs to do all sorts of crazy things. Um, and then once the store opens, then a lot of that, a lot of the interest in those types of features and products goes away, yeah. right? And then they're focused more on the operations and focused on the on employees and on finances and all of that. So uh, I think one of the challenges was helping uh, store owners that are really dreaming about the future to bring them back into reality and be like, okay, this is what you need to focus on in your store in order to be compliant. Tempering expectations, because I think that there's even rules about, like, say, windows, for example. And so I think people, they've got to step back and realize, okay, what's actually realistic within uh, compliance of this current regime, right? Yeah, definitely the stores that focused on efficiency and getting it getting it right uh, are going to be the ones that succeed the most in the future. The ones, if you've really focused on your employee procedures and your inventory procedures and you have it on lockdown, then when Canvas 2.0 shows up, and you can have you know double the this skew variety in your store, then you're prepared for it, and you'll be more prepared than the store next to you. So then, what advice do you have for new retailers that are just entering into the market now? Uh, it's it's still that cannabis 2.0 isn't here yet, and right. it's also going to be incredibly gradual. I know some uh, just some people in this in the industry are projecting based off of what they see in the states, where about half the products are derivative products. They're like, yes, my retail store will double. In revenues, uh, and you want to stay away from thinking like that. It's going to take uh, it's going to take a long time, mm. right? We might be at you know twenty percent of your sales at derivative, and then thirty, forty, and then fifty over like the next three to five years. So then, how have you guys been? I guess prepping for cannabis two which officially underway, but I mean you can't get products at this point. Uh, yeah, uh, one of our our main focus is to save store owners time. Uh, we feel that as long as everything in the store runs well and that you don't have headaches in managing your employees, your compliance is actually much better. You just, if you don't worry about how your sales are made and with, you know, if you're not worried about the sales process, then you can focus on your inventory process. Um, so we found that helping, that giving store owners more time just made their stores better, better run, better track, better everything. And um, so those are the types of features we try to deliver. Do you feel uh, maybe retailers are uh, better positioned to navigate uh, the cannabis 2.0 waters just because they've kind of been through this over the past year? Uh, I yes, yes. Retailers are, from what I hear, they we act as a therapist for store for retailers. A lot of the time, they tell us their store problems, their business problems, their life problems. Uh, so they've been through a lot, and can- cannabis 2.0 is the the least of their their problems right it's it's not a problem they're seeing it's going to be increased revenues it's something i'm really excited for uh, what they're more concerned about is competition mm. they when they opened in october 17th there were supply problems across the board right. and as a store if i can only open 3 days a week that's incredibly frustrating a lot of them feel that it's only as of very recently that the supply problems got solved so like, oh, okay, I can finally be open seven days a week and consistently make sales and have some numbers we can project off of. But and at the same time, uh, if you're in Alberta, there's a lot more stores appearing in your city, especially like Lethbridge and Calgary and Edmonton. There are a lot of stores. Uh, so they're, they're they feel that they just solved one problem and then they're and then there are too many stores opening 
uh, opening next to them. But of course, our customers are going to be biased towards <laughs> not opening too many stores. So I get that. Yeah, it's interesting because the industry, I think it said it took about a year for a lot of these supply issues to get ironed out yeah. here. Uh, I, I And I know uh, maybe from your side, you, you can't, I guess, uh, get a crystal ball out and figure out exactly if we're going to have similar stuff with Cannabis 2.0 for the edible products. But do you think as if things have settled down, it's going to be a, an easier rollout, as you said, because it's more of a kind of a gradual buildup as well? I think it's going to be a, a much easier rollout. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. A lot of the LPs started production late and not in time to deliver for October 17th or like, you know, that, that period of 2018. Uh, but as of now, they are. Other than the fact that this, the markets are really struggling and you know a lot of executive turnover, uh, I think the the production and manufacturing of these products will go a lot more smoothly. The, the only feedback I'd give to the industry is to not overinvest in product categories that have not been proven yet. Right. Well, uh, I'll leave you off with this though. But yeah. uh, just in your experience, how? embracing is the industry of you know technology products out there is there this realization that you can't really you know use an abacus really to to figure (laughs) out everything uh i'd say the the cannabis retail industry is a trailblazer in that regard uh introducing new technologies to uh the retail industry is actually pretty difficult to do Um, but if everyone is a new store a new business young entrepreneurs that are ready to to take it on uh, they are prepared. They are ready to accept new technology. They are ready to try things out, and they will do uh, what it takes to really stand out from the crowd. Well, excellent. Albert, I want to thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, thank you. That is Albert Kim. He's the CEO and co-founder of Greenline POS. And that's it for the show today. We'll be back after the weekend. In the meantime, tell your friends all about us and get them to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. Thanks for listening. 